Hi, this is Ellen. And this is Alex. And this is our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week we are discussing Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bardugo, book two of the Six of Crows duology. And I think the saying on the front of the book is a very good descriptor. It says, when you can't beat the odds, change the game. Mm -hmm. And this book is all about the crew, the six people that we met in the first book, Mm -hmm. beating the odds in trying to rescue Inej and get revenge on Vanek for double-crossing them. And yeah. it is full of the banter that we loved from the first book. Um, a ton of just crazy twists and turns that I had so much trouble anticipating <laughs> that every single time I thought I finally understood what was happening and then I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um, so just so you all know, we will be talking about this book in depth. So if you haven't read it, uh, please be, and you don't want any spoilers, please be sure to go read it and then come back and join us. Um, also we'll do a little secondary spoiler alert warning. We will be talking, I think probably a little bit at least about, um, the, uh, Shadow and Bone trilogy, which comes first. Um, it's not necessary to have read it, but it's, I think, I think it's necessary. Technically, I guess it's not necessary. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this book, like, if you haven't read the first ones, it spoils some stuff. Right, true. With with some of the characters, so so it's not um, like we would be spoiling it, it just already is. But, so so. we're going to be talking about those a little bit, too, so if you haven't, read those and you don't want those spoiled, don't read this book first either. <laughs> We'd recommend going to read that trilogy first. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, I... I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I was... None of you guys know this because we weren't recording at the time, but as we were setting up, I just told Alex that I finished this book a while ago, a couple days ago, and still, every time I think about it, I... Uh, start getting teary-eyed. So, surprise, surprise, Ellen will probably be crying on this episode as she's done before and she will do again. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think we actually switched roles this time around because this is the first book that I have finished on the day that we record, actually. Okay. I, I typically am where you are now, where mm-hmm. I finish it a couple of days beforehand. And so I get a little bit of emotional distance from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also because it's me, tend to forget a lot of things that happen in the book too, <laughs> which make talking about it more difficult. So maybe I should plan to finish it closer to our recordings. But, you know, that's that's a whole other story. But anyways, the reason I'm mentioning this is because I'm really raw <laughs> and, like, not okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, um... And maybe I'm going to cry on this podcast, which would be very (laughs) out of character. What? That's crazy. I, um, well, welcome, you know? (laughs) That's, um, that's, welcome to the crying club, I guess. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess this is generally the part where we talk about our favorites. <laughs> it feels I know. A little, it feels a little difficult to do that now. Um, yep. Shoot, it's already happening. I know, especially <laughs> since my favorite character is Matthias. Oh, but, no! Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, well, much like last time, my favorite characters were exactly the same as they were. Um, so... <laughs> um, Ellen's getting teary-eyed already. <laughs> Okay, we're going to just rapid fire this and hopefully I can move past it. <sighs> okay, so I loved Inej. I got to start there because that's... <laughs> Maybe I should start with the sadder ones, but whatever. I loved Inej for all of the same reasons that I loved her last time. She is so badass. And, like, this just proved even more what a badass she is. Um... I loved Nina for all the same reasons. We gotta just keep moving past that. <laughs> um, and then of course, while not right up at my favorites, Jasper was right there. So Yeah, we got to learn so much more about him in this yes. book. Um and I had a funny moment reading this book that uh he he gave me some serious um, Pippin vibes from Lord of the Rings at one point. And I was like... Interesting. I wonder if that's why I love him so much. And it's not just that. Because, like, it's like Pippin vibes if Pippin was, uh, you know, gambling addict sharpshooter, right? Like, so, like, not... It's not like I was like, oh, they're the exact same character. Right. But it was... Um, in, there was some part, I don't even remember which part, because um, I read this so long ago, so <laughs> I get it, Alex. Um, and, um, um, they, oh, so they're talking about making the liquid that's going to burn through the safe. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, Well, I don't know. I made a note about why he made me... I don't know. Why don't you tell me who your favorite character was? Maybe I'll be able to tell you later. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Maybe it'll come to you later. Maybe it'll come to me later. So, like I said, Matthias was my favorite character. And... I think... Part of it was because a lot of my favorite parts happened with him. Yeah. But it was, most of it was just seeing his transformation and the work that he continued to do to recognize that his belief system Mm -hmm. wasn't a good one and working on changing that. And I just connected to a lot of the things that he said and how he felt. Um, Not that I... I'm living amongst the people who have brainwashed me and I'm trying to get out of <laughs> I, I was about to be like, Alex, blink twice if you need help. 
Um, Say something you're no, not telling it was, me? It was more along the lines of, like, negative self-talk and not believing in myself and believing things about myself that really aren't true and no one else would agree with except for me. Yeah. And, like, I don't think it's hate, but it's definitely not anywhere near love. Yeah. And so, um... A lot of the things that he was, like, realizing and telling himself about how to change how he was thinking, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that, that's what I'm going through right now. I totally need to, to be reminded of that. But then right. also, it was just so beautiful to see him, like, have these amazing mm-hmm. realizations and revelations. And, like, he was already... a like a decent person Mm -hmm. but he just became like so much more yeah and that was just so beautiful until it wasn't (laughs) um yeah for sure um so he was my favorite i also loved the majority of the other characters i know it's book it's another one of those instances where really i could say pretty much all of them um, I would say except, like, if we're talking of the six, yeah, uh, the original six, I would say except for Kaz. I was just thinking that same thing. Like, I, I love his character a lot, and I'm very impressed by him as a character. And Me as a, too. Like, yeah. Um, but I wanted more from him. Yeah, that, and I think he's just too brutal for me. Mm-hmm. Like, all of them are cutthroat. All of them have made life and death decisions about other people. Yeah. But he stands apart okay. in what he's done yeah. and the way that he thinks about it and his lack of remorse Okay. in comparison to the others, I think. There's just, like, the way that he's protected himself from his trauma Mm -hmm. has just made him so inhuman in certain Mm -hmm. aspects of himself. My only thought about that is that he is the only one of them in a leadership position, right? And so the rules change for people who are in power, right? Mm, That's very, that's a very valid point. Not to say that he's not totally cutthroat and totally like, holy shit, but like, it's, and not to make excuses for any, like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but it's, I I think that's why we feel a little bit differently about him than the rest of them, because he is on a different level, you know, like Mm he, um, um, yeah. Very so, interesting. Okay, I found the part that reminded me of Pippin. Okay. So they're talking about this acid, and Wylan is talking about it, and he says, the weevil is basically just a much more stable version of auric acid. And then Jesper says, yes, of, of course. And that is, right? And it reminded me of in the first movie of Lord of the Rings, when they're all getting ready to go, the fellowship has been formed, and they're like, you're the fellowship of the ring, and then Pippin goes, great, where are we going? 
Yes! Oh my gosh! Sure. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as Pippin is my favorite Lord of the Rings character, that really just helped. I already loved Jasper, but that really just helped solidify it. And he's like, of course, yes, it's a much more stable version of this asset. Also, what is that asset? <laughs> like, it, like, it just... Um, oh, and I think that's, that's a good segue, so at least for me, into my favorite parts. Um, okay. I took a note from you to, to this time um, in that I just sort of have a theme of favorite parts. Um, and it's all the little interactions between the six, between the action. Right? They're little comedic interactions and um, <laughs> romantic interactions and like all of these little moments that we see them drawing closer and closer together um, as a team and as a group and um, uh, and all of that. <clears throat> How about you? What was your favorite part? <laughs> So I really like that, and I think maybe my second favorite part now would be all of the comedy in there. Like, I think both of the books in this duology had really great comedic relief. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if one was better than the other, but I really, really enjoyed the comedy. Um, And like you said, it's always those little, like, bits of banter back and forth but my true favorite part was all of the romantic interactions between Matthias and Nina yeah like he was just so cute when he like wondered to himself like if it was weird to be like what staring at someone else like slouching or something like that yeah. like when when Nina was like, not doing super well and, you know, didn't have great posture in a chair. Yeah. And, um, oh my gosh, let me see what... I know I wrote this down. Oh, yeah. He He's questioning whether it was normal to be fascinated by the way that someone slouches. <laughs> Yeah. And I just, and then, like, when she had on a wig and was wearing this, like, knit sweater that was, so she didn't look cute at all. Everyone else was like, ooh, yikes. And he was like, she was wearing the Fjordan clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, and he literally just said, enchanting. Like, he was so smitten. And it was just, so cute to watch so by the end of this book i just like i had a really hard time finishing the book Uh uh-huh yep i shut the book for a good long time Uh uh-huh yeah i think i i basically like shut off my brain and just like sped read through the rest of the book to Uh just like get through it with with like still just being in denial and being like mm-hmm. no 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 yeah i um <clears throat> yep it's interesting because i had this thought um and i think we're breaking our pattern a little bit today but that's okay cuz <laughs> i think this book chipped away a little bit at both of us <laughs> 
Um, but I had this thought right at the end when um, Genya had finished making the corpse look like Kuwe and they were leaving. Because we, at that point, of course, knew that he had been shot, but we didn't know more than that. And I had this thought that they shouldn't be saying goodbye to them yet. Because, of course, we know that she is also a heart render, right? Like, so she's not just a tailor. And um, so I had this thought in my head that they shouldn't be saying goodbye to her quite yet. And... <sighs> And I was unfortunately right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just I let think me tell you that the... would have been one of the moments in time when I would have been very happy <laughs> to have been wrong. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I I don't see the point. Right? So like I was... this book would have been so much better if he had lived. Like yeah. there was no. So I I, Reason. I was thinking about that, right? And I, um, because of course, as as someone who's read as much as I've read and as much as you have read, um, I've also come to learn from authors that I've watched interviews with and like read about and all of that stuff that most of them say, don't kill off a character just for shock value. Like there has to be a reason for it. And right now, <laughs> without having read this following duology, there does not seem to be a reason for it. And I think yeah. that's what hurts the most, you know? Yep. Yeah. That and have any main characters really been killed off before? Not that I can think of, like... Yeah. So I, I wasn't even anticipating it as a possibility. Right. And that whole little chapter that she gave us to try to make us feel better about him did not help. Oh my god, no. That was so much worse. Because I... <laughs> of course I was already sobbing. And then that little, oh no. I was, that's the part that made me close the book. I was like, nope. <laughs> that's I where I just like shut down. Because before, <laughs> before that little, I think it was like, a paragraph yeah. chapter. Yeah. I still was hoping that for like some gonna... type of miracle. Like, yeah. oh, I was like, oh, right. I, in other books that we've read recently, people have been brought back from the dead and I've totally been harping on how it's been annoying as fuck. But here, bring him back from the dead, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, um. And then it didn't happen. Yeah, it just. Oof. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I'll talk about my favorite quotes now. <laughs> yeah, okay, you do that while I'm, like, a little teary-eyed over here. It's fine. Oh, yeah, not me. I'm not <laughs> crying at all. Okay, so, I have three favorite quotes. Okay. They're all pretty short. Um, the first one, um, um, Inej... It's a, a saying that her father told her, um, and she's remembering it as she's trying to escape from where she's being held captive. And then she remembers part of it many more times throughout the rest of the book. 
Um, but he's, it says, we meet fear, he'd said. We greet the unexpected visitor and listen to what he has to tell us. When fear arrives, something is about to happen. Um, and I thought that that was beautiful. And, um, you know, you know me. I like something that can be applicable to everyday life. Um, and that felt very applicable and very, um, and kind of a beautiful way to look at fear, right? Um, so, yeah. That actually happened to be my first favorite quote for the same exact reason. <laughs> was that not only was it a beautiful way to look at fear, but it was a different yeah. way for yeah. me to just, you know, one of the reasons why I love books is you're constantly challenged by them. Yeah. By the way that characters think, by new possible uh belief systems and you know because us being in the world we can only come at it from our perspective and from our values and our beliefs and Mm -hmm. often i find it's hard to remember that not most people don't think like me right Mm -hmm. like i'm i'm the only one who thinks like me right and so getting the perspective of characters in books is always so interesting because then you really get that other a different perspective a different way of thinking in a way that's not the same as just you know me contemplating how you might approach something right Mm -hmm. um and so there were definitely multiple times in these books in particular where there was a saying or something and I was like oh that's such a different way of thinking about something yeah, for sure. And in this instance, you know, very an, an intriguing way to think about fear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then my second favorite quote was, um, um, Inej is thinking about it when she's um, fighting with Dunyasha the first time when she shows up. Um, and it's, she thinks of it as what Ketterdam has taught her. Right. And it's what you read from the front of the the book. If you couldn't beat the odds, you changed the game. Um, And again, I thought it was an interesting, interestingly applicable thing to the real world. Right. Like and not so much in in (laughs) like in this aspect, of course, they're talking about in you know, a heist or some sort of situation Mm -hmm. or where your back's against the wall and you're about to be killed. But I thought it was an interesting way to to look at any sort of obstacle. And if you feel like you can't overcome that obstacle, then you figure out how to change the obstacle and change your approach to the obstacle. Um, So um, I, I was very just fascinated by that. Yeah, I think there were multiple instances in this book where I had a similar reaction. Yeah. I think multiple times it came from Kaz's perspective. Interesting, sure. Of just saying something as he's, you know, thinking about a plan or formulating, you know, a change or something. And I was like, oh, that's a really good way to look at overcoming a challenge. Yeah. Not just, you know, the challenge of them scheming to... Right. You know, do everything that they did. But yeah, like you were saying, um, 
very applicable to us. Um, and then my last one um, is Inej again. Um, these are all part of the reasons why I love her to pieces. Um, and um, she's talking to Jesper about why the Suli have no words for I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. And she tells him the phrase in Suli, which I did not write down because I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, but I just wrote the rest of it, which is, this action will have no echo. It means we won't repeat the same mistakes and that we won't continue to do harm. Um, and I thought it was beautiful because it comes after a little passage where she talks about how I'm sorry turns into... Um, like apologizing for existing, right? Because he brings up the the um, instance of what if you step on somebody's foot? Like, what do you say then? And she's like, we don't say anything because, of course, any logical person knows that that was not imp- like on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it reminded me of a point in time when I <laughs> went to visit my aunt in New York City, and as someone from the Midwest. The number of times I was apologizing to people when I bump into them on the street, which of course is constantly in New York City, it got to be ridiculous at one point. And finally my aunt was like, first of all, stop, she basically said, stop apologizing for just being here. Like, you know, and she's like, plus you're in New York. They're used to people crashing into each other. Like it just, there's too many people on the street. Like that's, it just happens. Um, And then... You know, other times in my life, I've had people say, like, <laughs> like, stop apologizing, especially because as women, we're taught we're taught to apologize for everything and anything yep. um, at work. <laughs> my coworkers have a <laughs> this is so embarrassing to admit, but my coworkers have a little jar. And every time I say I'm sorry unnecessarily, I have to give them a quarter and there's like four dollars in there. Like, <laughs> oh, my they, gosh. Well, I only- hope. I hope that's helping you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hope that's helping you realize how many times you say it. Because when you were talking about this quote, it got me thinking about how us as women especially say I'm sorry. Yeah. It actually has. There's also been a few times where I've said it and then I've immediately gone, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. (laughs) And they're like, You still said it. (laughs) They're like, Where's our quarter? I like your coworkers. I know. It's so it has already got me thinking about it and it's only been a couple weeks of it, but um nice. I am especially prone to unnecessarily saying I'm sorry. So I thought that was a good reminder as well. Mm-hmm. How about you? What other favorite quotes did you have? So I have three more okay. outside of the one that you stole from me. <laughs> That's that's right. I hacked into wherever you write your notes and rubbed my hands together evilly and cackled and went, mwahahahaha. Uh, now we have the same favorite quote. You caught Yeah. Me. Joke's on you, though, because <laughs> I don't write my quotes down. <laughs> so They're just qu- noted in the book. So well, I don't know what... did I steal? What wizard? What wizardry you've been concocting? Um, you you learned some me. new stuff at Hogwarts that they didn't teach yeah. me, but um, 
No, I'm a I'm a book Grisha. It's a new category. <laughs> uh huh. This makes so much more sense yeah. now. Yeah. Um. No. Anyways, <laughs> that's just us <laughs> being very silly and goofy and sorry. <laughs> I like that you feel like you have to um explain to people that I did not hack into your book and steal your first favorite quote. <laughs> no, I was just apologizing because I feel like we think we're funny in certain instances and that probably was just more of a ridiculousness. Um, but anyways, back to my favorite quotes. Like I said, I have three more. Okay. And my first one is when Nina and Inej are talking to each other. And, Sorry, who um, went in? Oh, Nina. Yeah, go Nina, ahead. Nina, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nina says to her, Zoya used to say that fear is a phoenix. You can mm-hmm. watch it burn a thousand times and still it will return. Yes. Again, just another really cool way to think about fear mm-hmm. and to, you know, think about something that unfortunately touches our lives you know touches everybody's life you know in in different levels of course but um it's kind of like when kaz talks about shame right how did you know that those are my next favorite quotes oh my gosh (laughs) that's so funny i was just gonna say it's kind of like he talks about shame touching every man and i was just gonna say and fear does too it's just what you do with it right um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to stop talking now so you can <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think that's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed this book besides the end of it <laughs> um, is that I just connected so much with a lot of yeah. the characters, like I said with Matthias earlier, and then um, all of this talk about fear and shame multiple times throughout the book. Um really hit me because that's been something that I've come to realize that those two both um, are in my life a lot more than I would want them to be. Sure. And tend to rule a lot of my decisions way more than I ever would have thought. Yeah. So anyways, my next two favorite quotes basically kind of complement each other so the first one is when Wylan and Kaz are in Van Eck's house and they're breaking into the safe to Mm -hmm. get the seal so that they can forge the documents in Van Eck's name Mm -hmm. and Kaz says to Wylan it's shame that lines my pockets Shame that keeps the barrel teeming with fools ready to put on a mask just so they can have what they want with no one the wiser for it. We can endure all kinds of pain. It's shame that eats men whole. Yeah. And when I read that, I was just like, my jaw just dropped. Mm -hmm. I was like, no wonder I've been struggling with my issues for such a long time. Because shame has just been such an underlying factor in everything. And so I was like, no wonder I've been in therapy for so many years and feel like I've made so little progress. So now you can just go to your therapist and be like, I'm fixed. 
Kaz fixed it. it yeah, Kaz told me that this is the reason why I'm still struggling because my shame <laughs> is eating me alive, just like it does for all men and women. Yeah, I think uh, I think he meant men, as in the yes, yeah, the super not accurate representation of human beings. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Okay, so then my next favorite quote is I guess actually I think it might be word for word yes oh see I didn't notice that until right now that it is word for word the very end of that quote when um Wylan thinks it yeah um I forget when but it's a lot later in the book and he just thinks it's shame that eats men whole yeah Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, oh my gosh. So, okay, like I said, my, I don't know if premonition is the right word, of they shouldn't have said goodbye to Genya so quickly, um, was one that I was not happy to have uh, predicted, but I had a couple other ones that I was so proud of myself for predicting. Okay, let's so, hear it. So my first prediction was actually also like the first thing that I wrote down. Um, and it's um, Wylan is with Kaz and they're in um, Smeets' office, right? And he's reading through some of the holdings that his dad has under different names, whether it's under Van Eck's name himself or, mm-hmm. you know, Alice's name or whatever. And then he mentions um, Isle Comedy, Comedy, I don't, you know, and it's an abandoned amusement park. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, for sure that's where Inej is. Like, for sure that's where they're keeping her. And I was right. So I was like, woohoo. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought too. Except, like, except I doubted myself. Oh, did you? I was like, because I was like, that's where it is. But then he, then you think that he thinks it's somewhere else. Right. Because he's like, oh, no, this, like, place that's named, that has, is under your mother's name or something. Like, this is it. And so I was like, you know what? No, Kaz. Like, I think you're wrong. And then, (laughs) and then, and then immediately, immediately I thought to myself, like, no, no, he's probably right. He's probably right. I'm I'm the one who's wrong in this. I'm sorry for doubting you. (laughs) Um, so that was, um, that was my first one. Mm -hmm. My second one was... Oh, my second one, I was so MNF and proud of. So we get a little bit more information about Wylan and his past. And we learn that his dad didn't let him go to his mom's funeral and didn't tell him where he buried her. And as soon as we learned that, I was like, oh, she's not dead. Like, as, like we read it and I, and it was just like a lightning bolt of clarity in my head. And I was like... That's why he didn't do it because because we had this moment where he said that there was something still in her name and so I was like oh she's still alive and then sure enough she was alive and I was like I fucking knew it I was so wow. proud of myself I'm very impressed 
Um, that was, yeah, that was a tough one. And then I was very shocked. I mean, I was, I was shocked, but mostly that I was right. I was like, I can't <laughs> believe that happened. Um, especially on top of already having been right about where Inej was. I was like, mm-hmm. for sure, my other ones are wrong. And then my last one that I was right about um, was really a, a prediction that I made in the last episode when we got to the end of the book. And by that, it was more like wishful thinking. But I was had been hoping that we would see at least some of the characters from the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw a good number of them, right? We saw Zoya, we saw Tamar, we saw Genya, and we saw Nikolai. But of course, he was there as Sturmon. Um, oh, oh my gosh. I but the moment was that, so surprised by that. <laughs> the moment they were like, I don't remember, I think it was Kaz or Jesper, one of those two. And they were like, and there's this fox-faced man. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait. I was like, hold on. <laughs> fox-faced man? And I was like, it's Nikolai. And then I was like, I mean, uh, the other one. And then, of course, I didn't remember the, his fake name until Mm -hmm. they said it again but I was like "Ah!" (laughs) I know though we didn't really get to see much of Tamar it was mostly the other three yes but we didn't get to she's alive that's all we she's alive (laughs) yes also two things to go off of that yeah one I'm so surprised that Nikolai told Kaz who he was Alex, he didn't tell him. It was all hypothetical. <laughs> I loved that whole conversation. Like, hypothetically, <laughs> I, the king couldn't come as himself. <laughs> I know, which just reading that made me so excited for the next duology just because I love, like, he's just such a funny, like, the way that he thinks and Nicolai, talks. Yeah. I just love it so much. So super excited for that. But. Back to Tamar for a second. Did you question in the first chapter when that Grisha was taken by two shoe warriors with wings that they were the twins? Because that's what I was wondering. I was like, oh my god, the wings? That must be a contraption that Nikolai invented. Like, Oh, interesting. Why no, are they... I didn't even, I they, didn't even consider it. Because it was a, um, it was a male and a female, and they yeah. were working together, and I was like, oh my god, is it them? But then how did she take that bullet? Oh, I mean, I guess they're corporal key, so, like, maybe that's... So I was very, like, confused, mm. like, what the heck yeah. is happening? Yeah, no, that didn't cross my mind um, at all. Until later in the book when you realized that, no, that's actually the shoe, and they've created these terrifying soldiers. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I did not think of that at all. Yeah, but part of your prediction of having the characters from the trilogy show up or mm-hmm. hoping that they would was connected to the note that Kaz right. had Pekka Rollins send. Is, is correct. Mm-hmm. correct. And so if you hadn't told me that, I wouldn't have hoped that there was something in that message, and then I wouldn't have been disappointed when Cass was like, jokes on all of you, it was actually fake, and it's just sending Pekka Rollins on, yeah. like, a, a mission for to keep him distracted. 
And I was like, gosh, dang it. But Ellen told me that this was going to happen. And so I thought it was going to. I love how, um, you, I love how you took my musing as fact. Yep. <laughs> it just shows how well I think of you. I, that's true. Thank you so much for your um, faith in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then it was okay because we got to see those characters anyways later yeah. on despite yeah. Not having sent the note to them. Yeah, so even when I found out that that wasn't, like, anything, I still had hope that we were going to see at least some of them again. I had less hope that we would see Nikolai and the weird little noise and hap- that came out of my mouth and then preceding happy dance that happened afterwards um, that I did when, specifically when Nikolai showed up. Um, uh I think it would have been really funny to have watched. <laughs> I don't think I could even, like, try to imitate it when... <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Um, so... Yeah. I'm just looking at my notes, and so many... There's so many swear words. There's so many capitals. There's so many no, 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 no's. There's so many exclamation points. Um... Like, this book was a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Like, the number of times that I was like, okay, finally, they're almost done. And then I'd, like, look and see how much book I had left was like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it was a com. I did that multiple times, too. It was a combination of that and then... So, so, so many times thinking like, okay, this is it. We're finally, like, this is the entirety of the book. No, I'm not even halfway through. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. But even, I think even more so than that, what happened to me even more times was thinking that I was finally on top of their schemes. Like, that I finally knew what was happening because of what Kaz was telling people, what people's... Um, what some of the other characters' responsibilities were that mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now I can see what the plan is, what they're doing, because I think I have all the information. Dumb little me should have known every single time that I only had, like, an eighth of the information. Of course. And so each time I thought I was super smart, and then I completely was surprised. Yeah. Because that never turned out how I thought it was going to. Because there was Mm -hmm. always something else. Like, I could give you so many examples of where I was like, oh my god, the plan's gone wrong. No, no. it That was supposed to happen. Or, or like, yes, it did go wrong. But don't worry, Kaz has 15 other (laughs) options for what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, like, speaking of it going wrong, like, I totally forgot about Rollins. Until when until he, he showed, showed up, up. yeah, that I like too. that threw. I mean, a lot of stuff threw me for a loop. A lot of stuff. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like what? But that one really, I had completely forgotten about his existence at that point in the book. Yeah, because of course, like, there's so much else going on um, that I just, yeah, I totally forgot too. Um, and then, like. Um, and even, like, other things, yeah, just, yet again, 
I've read this book where I'm like, am I an idiot? Like, (laughs) just like, I would never be able to, I mean, I've never been in that situation, so I guess I can't say never, but like, I strongly doubt (laughs) that I would ever be able to come up with even a fraction of a plan like that. Like, well, but the thing is, is only Kaz can. It's not like all of the other characters are coming up with these amazing plans. Yeah. So you're, so you're not alone. It shouldn't make you feel dumb or anything. Okay. Got it. He's just extraordinary in that talent. Yeah. That he has that way of thinking. It just fascinates me. Like, anytime Mm -hmm. I see a character who has that ability, I'm just like... Like, that scheming mind that can see so many possibilities. Even if I could come up up with one plan, I definitely... I, I don't know. I just... I feel like I definitely wouldn't be able to be like, and then, if this goes wrong then we'll do this, this, or this. And then if this goes wrong, we'll do this, this, or this. But if the both happens, we'll do this, this, like... Yeah, it's I the, can't even the come amount up with of good, contingencies. I can't even come up with a good, like, ex- like fake example. <laughs> yeah, the amount of contingencies and then also the amount of... Like, it's not just, like, a straightforward plan. There are so many little pieces that have to nudge the right people in the right direction. Like, it's it's influencing others to take yeah. actions. Right. It's not just you and your crew, like, right. following through on something and doing something. For sure. You know? Um, yep. Which just makes it that much more complicated. But in their final scheme... Um, when they take Kue to be, like, auctioned off for his indenture. Yeah. Did you, when Wylan was taking, taken, did you think that was part of the plan? Or were you like, oh, shit. Oh, no, for like, sure. has gone wrong. For sure, I thought he caved. Yeah. Okay, me too. I was freaking out. Though I did have an inkling when it would describe the yellow-haired girl. I was like, that seems odd. Why does that seem odd to me? Because we she had been described earlier, but I didn't know it's, that that's yeah, why I thought it was odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, so. that was that was one of my no 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 is because I went oh Wylan no 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 no. I know um, I was so disappointed in him. Um, yeah, because one I thought he had made so much progress in like accepting himself, right? But and seeing it, and seeing his his um strengths despite his weaknesses right so it wasn't just that like you think that he broke and told his father right all of the entire plan it was also the way that his breaking was described that he was like oh i'm only wyland van eck so of course i broke right like i wasn't like the others that just made me absolutely so much even more upset about it. Yeah. And, like, and it's so interesting. So, Wylan is such an interesting character because I didn't think his storyline could get any more sad after him having to sit there at the end of the last book and listen to the vitriol that his father was spewing. Um, and then it got worse. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. this poor boy. Um, and, like, when they finally found his mom and then... Like, I I admire Jesper for what he did in leaving him alone with her, but, like, 
how nervous and uncomfortable Wylan was. And then he played her the flute and I lost it. Like I just sobbed like, cause that's all he could think of to do to like, and then she paints pictures of him still like, oh my God. Like I just, yeah, there were multiple times where <sighs> I didn't think I could hate Vanek anymore. And then, and it, just then... Got, it just happened again and again and again. Yeah. So first, you know, at the end of the the previous book, he, you know, spouts all of those terrible things about his son would totally have been fine if he died. Like, okay, setting me up for hatred of this character after all of those things. Yeah. But then you find out all of the abuse that he suffered and mm-hmm. the very strategic way that his dad went about it so that Wylan thought he was in the wrong and he actually believed everything his father said and he believed that his father was doing it for his own good. Uh Uh-huh. That's almost, like, so much worse than other types of abusers who, like, don't pretend anything like that, right? But for... Like the part so much doubt to be like planted as a seed. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the thing. Like with abuse, just in general, that's the the most detrimental ones is when they truly make you believe that you deserve it. You know, um, like the part where so we learn right that Vanek lied even to to Wylan and got him thinking that he was going to this m- music school and he um and then he tries so he's that wasn't the first time in the last book where he had tried to or he had killed his son or attempted right. to kill his son yeah we find out he did it before yeah but then also like the part when he opens the the pamphlet of papers and he's not even surprised like he's not even surprised that his dad duped him again and like tried to kill him again like he opens it up he sees that there was never ink on the paper and he just goes oh of of course not and i like just even that little part just like shattered my heart i was like oh my god like like we talked about last time like none of these characters have had an easy life and and i think even last time we talked about it we were like maybe jesper but then we find out more that his was probably easier than some of these other ones, but still, you know, had his fair share of mm-hmm. um, loss and pain and, and all of that. And um, just just because we didn't get any Wineland chapters in the last book, right? So this was really the one where we got to learn more about him and in just every little piece, I just wanted to, like, wrap him up in my arms and keep him safe. Like... <laughs> Like, I know. And especially know. since he's around the age of one of my brothers and like, right, because we don't know exactly how old he is, but we know that he's a little bit younger than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So, I, and they're all about 17 or 18. So I pictured him at about 15 or 16, which is just mm-hmm. the same age as my youngest brother. And so I was like, oh my God, it just, uh, just over and over and over again. I was that poor boy. I know. There were so many things about him that I wanted to bring up 
because I just thought they were so great. Like, there were a couple of instances where he started thinking a certain way because his tutors had taught him something. Like, you know, think about just the one next thing to get you through when you're overwhelmed. Or catalog all the details of a room when you're overwhelmed to help you with your stress. Mm -hmm. And I, like, totally noted those down because I was like, oh, my God. That sounds like a really good exercise. I wonder if that could help me when I'm feeling overwhelmed about yeah. things. Um, they, say and that then, they say that that's what, if you ever have panic attacks, you should pick five, like, real things that you can focus on, which I would also imagine would be helpful in other stressful type situations. So Yeah, so there was that, and then there were just a couple of other instances where you realize like how smart he is and how aware and observant he is that it's um I almost wonder if he had to enhance his other skills sure because he couldn't read like in one instance he called Kaz's voice a black harmony when he noticed like a the slightest change in it yeah. that noted that Kaz was about to be even more dangerous than he already was. And I was yeah. like, no one else would notice that. So yeah. um, I just wondered, like, what other special skills he had right. developed because he couldn't read. But did you question whether he was dyslexic? Oh, interesting. Um, no, because he... Um, because he couldn't recognize any letters was, was my only thought, right? Whereas, well, cause wasn't it, cause they described that he can do like math and science equations and he can read music, Yeah, but all the letters, like he just could never read them. I forget exactly what the description was. I couldn't remember if they all got jumbled or if it was just... Um, it talks it about it. It talks like about it. The... The, the, they're blurry, like that he mm. couldn't recognize even letters on it. Um, so I didn't think of it like dyslexia. Um, okay, I guess I did because of like it, the math and science. Right, he was so good at that. But I guess maybe if it's blurry, is he of bad eyesight? I don't well, know. I don't know because he can do the other things. So that was the other, that was the one thing that sort of plagued me throughout all of it was I wish that he would have gotten some sort of better explanation like I'm glad that he seems to really be stepping like away from it and he doesn't really hopefully he's not caring about it as much as he as he used to um and now that he's on top and you know Hopefully Jesper will be right there with him to help him through it and all of that. Um, But yeah, that was my big thing is I, well, no, my biggest thing we've already talked about. I wish somebody hadn't died. Um, (laughs) But my next biggest thing was I wish that he would have gotten um, a slightly better answer about that for himself. Mm -hmm. Um, So... (sighs) 
I don't, I don't even know. So, okay, wait, I do know what I want to talk about. Okay, can I tell you the amount of pure joy that went through my body when Kaz was confronting um, Pekka, Pika, Pekka, whatever, um, and it was literally, like, straight out of The Princess Bride. Did you pick up on that? No. Oh, my God. Oh Wait, my tell God. me where I was supposed to pick up Princess Bride vibes because Girl, I'm here for even... it. I just okay, totally so missed it. In my last episode, in my our last episode. I... Yeah, mine. Take all the credit. Why don't you? <laughs> um, I did a beautiful retelling of the scene at the end of The Princess Bride when um, Inigo Montoya finally faces the six-fingered man. You did. And... On page 477 of the hardcover book, I'm just going to do a quick little dramatic reading here. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, actually, it starts on 476. Two boys, he said frantically, searching for the memory. He whirled on Kaz, pointing. I remember. Two boys from Lige. You had a piddling little fortune. Your brother fancied himself a traitor. Wanted to be a big merch. Wanted to be a merch and get rich like every other nub who steps off a bra boat in a barrel. That's right. Two more fools for you to cozy. Now tell me his name. Kaz and Rollins clasped his hands on top of his head. Back and forth, he crossed the chapel, back and forth, breathing heavily as if he'd run the length of the city. Kaz and... He turned back to Kaz. I can make you rich, Brucker. I can make myself rich. I can give you the barrel. Influence you've never dreamed of. Whatever you want. Bring my brother back from the dead. He was a fool and you know it, right? So then it even says later, you son of a bitch. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, it's the revenge scene from The Princess Bride. But Kaz is able to do the one thing that Inigo is not able to do. And he spares his life. I wonder... How much of that is actually taken from the Princess Bride, or if it's just all coincidental? I don't know. I'm gonna say all of it, because <laughs> it's like, because it's even the, because he's, because even in the Princess Bride, he says to Inigo, he's like, I can, you know, Inigo's like, promise me riches, and he's like, anything you want and more, and he's like, promise me, you know, fame and like, blah blah blah, and then he goes anything you want it's yours and he's like i want my father back you son of a bitch like it seems a little bit uh, too uh-huh. close but of course i don't know it could certainly be all coincidence um but it just really goes to further the fact that it is in fact the best movie ever <laughs> um no but i had a i had a little moment in there that i was like Oh my god, we were just talking about this. And maybe the only time that I've really enjoyed watching revenge play itself out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here we are. And let me tell you, I would have been just fine if Kaz killed Pika. <laughs> I don't think I would have been okay if it had turned out that that's what he had done to his little boy. I Can I tell you, when he first said it, and Inej has that moment where she's like, oh, I don't think I can forgive this. And that was my, I had a brief moment where I was like, I don't think he actually, I didn't think he didn't have him. I just thought he didn't actually bury him. Like my thought was like, he's, he like maybe he does actually have physical custody of the boy with somebody else. 
Um, but I didn't think he had actually buried him. And then, of course, See, it, turn, it turns out that he didn't even, he didn't even really know for sure that it was a son. <laughs> yeah, there had been no confirmation that he had a kid. Um, just Kaz's speculation. Right. Which, again, Can you imagine such if he crazy risks. If he had been wrong, Pika would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh my gosh. But yeah, I totally thought that he did that. Just based on everything that he told Inej about what he did to all of the other players of the scheme. Mm -hmm. And how brutally he killed them all. Yeah. I was like, damn it. The side of Kaz that I really struggle to reconcile with and, like, be okay with is coming back in full force, and I don't Mm. like it. But it turns out that that wasn't true. Yeah, I had enough faith um, because beneath all of his um, murderousness and uh, scheming and cutthroatedness, um, he's just a damaged little boy. And I had faith that he would not do that to another little boy. Like. Interesting. I totally did not have faith yeah. at all in him. Um, I I could have, I could have also, I was also preparing myself to be wrong. Right? Like I, but I was uh-huh. holding on to faith that he would not do that to another little boy. Yeah. I was so surprised that he that he was like i actually don't even know where he (laughs) right first of all the boy but also in the very end when he had found her parents and brought them to her and he like very shyly was like did i do the right like was this okay did i do the right thing yeah that that finally gave me hope because there were so many times in this book where like you think he's so close and he does, like he, he does start, right, and you're like, yes, and then he completely pulls back and yeah. closes back up again. Yeah. And you're like, all right, all hope is, or at least for me, I was like, hope is lost, they're <laughs> never happening, Inej is going to be disappointed forever, Kaz and Inej are no longer being shipped by me because it's just not going to happen. That is so funny because I then- saw all of those as tiny steps in the right direction. That's so funny because I was like the complete opposite. Like Inej's, I think, next chapter after that scene yeah. was her talking about how she was so hopeful that he was like finally, you know, opening up to her. Yeah. And I was like, girl, you are so wrong. Like your heart is going to be broken so hard. There's no way. That is so he funny. He just I... has proven himself over and over again that he, you think he's finally getting somewhere and then he doesn't. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. I definitely just saw them as him making tiny steps in the right direction. Apparently I am just not patient enough. (laughs) You know, it happens. Um, Okay, speaking of Inej and how much of a motherfucking badass she is, how anxious were you when she was doing her tightrope walking? I wasn't. Oh my god, I was so... Just because of the way that she described her upbringing and how she felt when she was on the wire. Like, it was so different for her 
than even all of her acrobatic family members. Right. That for me, I wasn't worried about that. It was was... more when the assassin was coming for her. That, Um, I had some problems with that, so I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, um, so I I was so nervous, and not in her own ability, but I was nervous that because she was so sure of it, something else was going to make her fall. Of mm. course, I did not see mystical uh, shoe assassin by any means, but I did worry that something, like a guard was going to see her and shoot at her, or like I, I did worry that something was going to happen. And maybe not even make her like fall, fall, but like make her like fall and she could still grab the rope and then she was dangling and you know what's gonna you know like um yeah I think initially I was concerned and nervous yeah especially when they decided not to use the rope but then yes thank you (laughs) she does does need the rope to walk on (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about I'm gonna tightrope walk with no rope (laughs) just on thin air Um, I think that's just called flying (laughs) Which would also be fine in my book. (laughs) For sure. But when she is tightrope walking, we get a lot of flashbacks into her Mm -hmm. upbringing and her previous times on The Wire. Yeah. And I think there were a couple things that made me no longer nervous for her was one, their description of, like, how she felt while on the wire. And Mm -hmm. that was very, again, very almost otherworldly. And then their whole belief in, like, having wings, like, invisible wings. And so, and then I just thought that was so cute. I could see, like, little baby Inej always looking over her shoulders trying to see (laughs) if her invisible wings were (laughs) visible yet. Yes, Um, absolutely. But then the, the thing, the final thing that kind of really helped me just be like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I can be nonchalant about her, like, tightrope walking was when we learn about the time that she used a net and that's the only time she had fallen. Yeah. Cause she got careless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, Oh no way is she going to fall this time. Like we're all good. And then little do I know she's at the second silo. And then all of a sudden someone grabs her by the back of the neck and shoves her into the silo. And I was just completely taken by surprise. So it was so interesting. Cause I was worried. Cause when we hear she gets to the first silo, she drops the thing in. she closes the door immediately. She does her tightrope. She gets to the second one. She drops the thing in and then she keeps like daydreaming or not daydreaming, but like remembering. And that's when I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like <laughs> that's when I was like, something's about to happen. Like, I'm glad you picked up on that because I, I was totally oblivious. But I didn't know if it was going to be like, something happens with the magic and she gets sucked in or like a person mm-hmm. would show up or like, I didn't know what. And I def again, I definitely did not expect mystical assassin. Um, <laughs> but um, I, uh, I, because she had so quickly moved forward from dropping it in the first silo I knew something was going to go wrong at the second silo. Gotcha. So 
I thought that when I think it was described like someone took her by the back of her neck and just like pushed her down. You thought they fully threw her in? I thought because she had had the thought earlier of hearing about how some men suffocated Mm -hmm. to death in the silos that that's what was going to happen to her mm-hmm. for a moment so thank goodness that didn't yeah. happen i did i did when they first because of course it jumped from her perspective to a new perspective um after that i thought that she had been fully pushed into it but what i was worried about was not so much the suffocating but when um wylan was talking about how it reacted to sugar but even trace amounts of sugar oh in like right. sweat or saliva or whatever uh-huh. Um, that I was a little bit worried that she was gonna fall in and then whatever that stuff does to sugar was gonna happen to her. Oh, like, shoot. <laughs> so I was real glad that didn't happen. Um. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, sure. um, yeah. I, I, w- I was so embarrassed that I did not, I totally forgot about Pika, Pekka, however you pronounce it. Right? And did you did you initially put together that the assassin was working for him? Because I totally didn't. I should have because you already know that the other two groups of the six of them have been found out by Pekka Rowland's men. And then you get the scene of the assassin. Yeah. And I should have known because of those other two instances that this was obviously connected and she was connected to him, but I yeah. didn't until she told us. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I knew. You, you knew. Um, yeah. Because, of course, when we get just the little part, because the first part that we see that anything is going wrong is when the hand grabs the back of Inej's neck, right? And so at first, at that point in time, I thought it was Wyland's dad. Why can't I think Vanek. of Vanek? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was somehow related to him. Again, like a guard had seen her that Nina hadn't been able to see or whatever. And Right. But then when we get back to Inej and she's like fighting this lady and at this point we've now and i was like oh no no so she's also there because of rollins right though um, actually it also there because of van Eck because yeah, rollins like, and van Eck are bit, now working together right, exactly a little bit of both yeah um, i don't know how they didn't see that coming because i totally thought that he was going to double cross them yeah i had had the thought too um yeah i just but then i kind of just forgot about him so it was totally a surprise when I he totally showed up did. again. There, so, there were so many other things going on that it's just hard to keep all of those. I know. And you get so sucked into each of them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Also, I loved that little part because when we come back to the girls, really, because it's in um, Nina's chapter, she talks about how she, um, like... <laughs> How she, like, it's talking about how she got into the guard tower and she signaled to Inej and then how she was watching Inej do this tightrope walk and that she felt like she couldn't stop watching her because she felt as if part partially that's what was keeping her up there was the act of her watching that. And then it talks about when she 
finishes it and she sees that she's made it across she wants to like scream and cheer and she realizes that she can't so she does a tiny little quiet little happy dance (laughs) and I was just like I love how pure their friendship is like the two of them um and it's just so absent of any sort of um like feminine um competition like there's no like there's just no they're just truly supportive and friends and just like there for each other and I just love that so much Mm -hmm. because you see it then you see it at the end um when Matthias is dead and and Nina's trying to bring him back and Inej is like this isn't right like we have to let it go and then you see it when um they all return to the house and they're like yeah everybody's back and they see Inej first and she's been crying and just like it just I don't know their friendship (laughs) since my favorite relationship was brutally murdered (laughs) um their friendship is the relationship that sort of carried me through um and then of course (laughs) Jesper and Wylan Oh, they're so cute. But before we talk about them, because I do want to talk about them, there is something else that I wanted to mention about this kind of time frame that we're talking about. Sure. Um, So one of the things (laughs) we are we are hopping all over the place, but just to tie this in a little bow um, neatly, and we can then set it aside and talk about Wyland and Jesper because there are multiple things that I want to talk about there. is when she and the white assassin are fighting and the second time or the first time the first time yeah yeah. and you realize that the assassin thought that she would be a challenge even though she's only learned to fight in the past like two years and that's it so either she's a super badass (laughs) And is good enough that this assassin who has been training probably her entire life and her life's purpose is to kill people. Yeah. She was still putting up somewhat of a fight. And, you know, in the second time, second fight they had ended up killing her. Yeah. So either she's, like, crazy amazing and somehow learned how to fight that well or... Like, I don't know, because that doesn't make sense to me that within those two years of just living on the streets, she was able to get to a place where I think Matthias even mentioned that he was surprised that she was bested. Um, Because when I thought of the Wraith, I was like, no, she's more about, like, spying and intelligence gathering. I never thought of her as, like, the best fighter of the group. Yeah, and I think part of it... Um, for me at least, was that she, um, there were so many stories circulating about her that, like... Mm, like her reputation yeah, was that, like, created. Exactly, that even the people closest to her were also starting to believe them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, because, like, we mm-hmm. find out, right, that she doesn't best whatever her name is. Done. I don't even know. I just call her the white assassin. Yeah. Because I think that's what I wrote it down somewhere. I don't remember. Um, 
oh, I wrote it down way up here. Uh, Danyasha. Um, right? She doesn't best her because she's the best at fighting. She bests her because she knows the city like the back of her hand. Because she is the wraith. Because she spent all of this time climbing around and gathering intelligence. And, like, right? So she changes the mm-hmm. she changes the rule of the game because she right. realizes that she can't win the other game right uh, like uh-huh. um so that was my only thought was that like okay yes this assassin thought that she'd be a challenge because of all of these um stories that she'd been hearing mhm if that makes any sense yes i can see that so, um, yeah, <laughs> I just feel so scattered, like, talking about this. Like, I just can't. Yeah. Okay, so we we were going to talk about Wylan and Jesper's romance. Uh, um, how <laughs> hilarious was it? <laughs> I felt really bad for Wylan also, but how funny was it when Jesper was like yes we're finally kissing why doesn't this feel right this seems like it should be more and then (laughs) he sees who he thinks is Kuwait in the doorway and then it's not and then I was like oh and then you're like no wonder you you were not feeling right about this it's because you're not actually kissing the person that you think oh my gosh I felt so bad for Wylan the roller coaster because I was so excited that they were finally kissing. Me too. And then it looked just like so high, and then I came crashing down, and then they finally did kiss, and he was like, "This is what I was waiting for," and I was like, "Yes, it was." I know. Wasn't that so great to see the difference in the two kisses and just yes. like Jesper's descriptions of yeah. them? Um, but also, I was very surprised by how quickly Wylan forgave him and was moved past it. Well, I think um, I think he could tell that it was a, a super honest mistake, right? Like, yeah, because Jesper's right. Like, Kuwait was sitting at the piano. Like, that's not something Kuwait would normally be doing. Like, you know, like it was it was a very unfortunate but very yeah, but also mistake. strategic on like you said on Kuwait's point. I know because he he got a little crush on Jesper too. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. Apparently course, Jesper just attracts all the boys. <laughs> well, it kind of sounds like he attracts everybody, you know, like, because, you know, but I kind of get it. Like, <laughs> he's earnest and and hilarious and, you know, I get it. <laughs> just so full of energy and yeah. happiness and... yeah. And look at you being right the about, his, about his energy being his power bouncing around. I totally did not see the sharpshooting, though, connection. Oh, my God. That part? Okay. So it was so funny because I did not see that either. And then I, I legit <laughs> I legit thought that they had killed Kuei. And I was really. Told- I was totally okay with it, too. Like, I apparently, like, I didn't even, like, cross, because so much else was going on during that time. So he's like, and then I shot, and I could see the buttons, and then he was dead. And I was like, okay. Like, like, despite the fact that he had kind of become part of their, Mm -hmm. like, crew, he was also still the most expendable one to me. So I was like, sure, okay. Like, they did what they had to do. 
I understand. Like, and that, cause I was also a little bit like, okay, so that was part of the plan. Cause of course at that point I had no idea what the plan was and was supposed to be. And like, <laughs> um, all of that stuff. And I, and they were, um, um, but like, it just made sense. Right. Cause like they don't want him to fall into the right hands. You know, it was like my, apparently totally fine justification with it. And then of course, when Matthias was walking with the, um, when, oh no, not even before that, when they injected him with whatever they injected him with, I was like, oh, wait a second. But then they were like, and then he was dead. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then I was like, maybe that was like a secondary injection to like make sure that he was actually dead, mm, right? Like, mm. um, but then when Matthias was talking to the medic and he was like, I hope he doesn't look under his shirt because it's just going to, you know, because there was a bladder with blood and bones. And I was like, oh, of course he's not dead. I definitely should have known that they weren't going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, I I knew, I forget if it was Inej or Jesper's chapter that ended like, and now we have to go kill Kuwait or something like that. Yeah. That I was like, that's part of their plan. Like, they're not actually going to kill him, but they have to make him dead. Interesting. Um, I was just like, okay. <laughs> no, that sounds good to me. Right? Did you... So, another big part of this plan that totally took me by surprise was I thought the Council of the Tides, like the Tide Makers, were real. Was the real ones? Yeah. Yeah. Too. I thought sure. that was part of his whole, like taking steps and putting information here and there to Mm -hmm. nudge certain parties into play as part of his plan so that they would come and show up. Um, I had no idea that they were the, the Grisha refugees. Yeah. Like that totally blew my mind. Yeah, exactly. And And that you don't find out about it until like way afterwards too. Uh That, that Lee Bardugo just lets you think that, like, something completely incorrect about the situation for such a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I had zero inklings that they weren't who they said that they were. Like. Whoops. <laughs> which just That happened lends, to me so many times in this yeah, book. Yeah, which just lends more to the idea that maybe I am just an idiot. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, gullible. you are not. At the, very, at the very least, I'm super gullible. <laughs> Oh my god. I think but I think I'm probably more gullible than you are. But needless to say, we both are not good schemers. I'm not a criminal mastermind. But I think that's okay and it is actually in our favor. Got it. Okay. Good to know. Um, note to self, may not be criminal mastermind. That's going to be okay. Yeah, I think we've determined over the course of this podcast that we would not make good rulers mm-hmm. nor criminal masterminds both kind of due to the same reasons of like <laughs> the planning and but the also, scheming I don't want that responsibility the... like I don't want to mm-hmm. like part of me is like yeah I do want to be in charge of people like the part of me that I don't know what part of me I, I don't know why <laughs> I said like the part of me like I don't know um like part of me for a split second is like yeah I want to be in charge. And then pretty much right after that, I'm like, no, the fuck I don't. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, I think 
think oh the part of me gosh. that wants to be in charge is like that lingering part of me that like when I was a little girl, I want to be president, right? Like, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> I, I do not want that pressure at all. Uh, but I think that's what it is. Like that little lingering part of me that, mm-hmm. I don't know, wants some sort of control or power. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that makes okay. sense. So, can I talk about some cute things? Uh, I guess so. Okay. Who doesn't want to talk about cute things? My first cute thing was they're at Van Smeet's house, and they come across his daughter, and she tells them the names of the dogs. Oh, my God. Right before Kaz does something horrifically scarring to this poor little girl. (laughs) Um... So they come across the the girl, and at first he's like being all like chill, and I'm like, oh, he's I just know. Gonna, like, I was like, he's just gonna. I charm just, com- him. yeah. I was like, he's gonna charm his way through this. It's gonna be great. I totally <laughs> saw a different side of Kaz for a second that was yeah. unfortunately imagined. I was like, oh my god, he's good with kids. I need to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable. Um, so he's like, what's turns this out dog's- that's not true, yeah. but like, like kind of this- true, but not true. Yeah, he's like, what's this dog's name? And she's like, Maestro Spot. Which I just thought was adorable. And then uh, he goes, is that so? And she goes, he has a very fine howl. And then she goes, Da lets me name all the puppies. And he asks if Maestro Spots is her favorite. And then she goes, no, I like Duke Adam von Silverhaunt the best. Then Fuzz Muzzle. <laughs> then Maestro Spots. And then he's like, that's good to know. And then he says her name. And then she's like, how do you know my name? And then he goes, I know all the children's names, and he goes, because I'm a monster, and if you tell anybody I was here, I'm going to murder your dogs and, like, your family, and your dog's head is going to end up in your bed. That's not quite what he says, but, like, basically that's what he says. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and it was just, like, it was such a moment of, like, oh, my God, that's so cute. What the hell did he just say? Like, (laughs) like, it was just, it moved so quickly from, oh, my God, he's being so cute with this little girl to, oh, my God, what the hell did you just do, Cass? Like, Mm -hmm. that poor little girl. So that... Mostly I wanted to talk about the really cute dog names, but also, yeah, that was a moment where I was like, holy shit, Kaz. Like, I don't know why it surprised me, but it I did. know. I shouldn't have fallen for it. Yeah. But I totally... So you're not, you're not planning to have children with this fictional character anymore? Yeah, my plans were ruined. What yeah. are you going to do? That's, that's the reason that they're ruined, yep. not anything else. <laughs> um, okay, so my next little cute moment... Um, is with Nina and Matthias and she's really struggling. She had used her magic a little bit to uh, tailor herself. And so she's really um, craving the parum. And so she like climbs into his bed, hoping to seduce him into telling her where it is. And he does tell her (laughs) he caves, he folds like a piece of paper, (laughs) but he doesn't have it. Kaz has it, because he knew that she was going to do something like that. Uh-huh. And, and I also love that he knew that he was going to fold, like, a piece of paper. <laughs> so he gave it to Kaz. And then she, um, it says, she rested her forehead against Matthias's chest. I hate this, she said. I hate you a little, Druskel. And he goes, I'm used to it. Like, I just, I just, it was so cute. And I loved it so much. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're, they were just adorable. Um, my next... Oh, my God. Can I tell you? So, Kaz's plan to take Alice instead of, like, just going for Inej, of course, totally didn't see it coming. Me I neither. Even, I even wrote down, I was like, Kaz, you devious bastard. Of course you had a different plan. Totally didn't see it coming. Um, <laughs> but the crows taking care of Alice. Oh, is, my God. Is some of the funniest shit I have read in the longest time. I was like almost in tears. I was laughing so hard. Right? They're talking about how like first she's just crying and screaming the whole time and then they're like they get her to sing and then she just <laughs> she won't stop singing. She's like peeing and singing and then they're like and even when she falls asleep she hums in her sleep. <laughs> like <laughs> That was, yeah, and that then, was like, really great. Not knowing how to take care of her was just, oh my god, I was, like, cackling. Um, and then <laughs> my next cutest part is they're on the bridge, and they've set off the parade, right? Like, before the other blasts go off, like, mm-hmm. the fireworks have gone off. And I think it's Jesper, and he's talking about... Um, watching the people throwing the coins onto the bridge Mm. and he talks about how he it's really easy for him to figure out which ones are oh yes are matthias and nina (laughs) no which ones are matthias and wyland oh 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 right because nina's yeah elsewhere yeah oh my gosh yeah and he's like um Jesper struggled not to laugh. That was definitely Matthias and Wylan. Matthias was hurling the money with way too much force, and Wylan with way too much enthusiasm. <laughs> the kid's throwing arm needed serious work. He looked like he was actively trying to dislocate his sh- sh- shoulder. And I just loved the idea that, like, <laughs> Matthias is just pelting people with these <laughs> coins. Like, that's that's the only way I can see it. Like, he's just, like, like hitting them they're like bruising like that's all i can see and then wylan is like (laughs) and it was just like i could not get that image out of my head and i was like it just like those were like that's what i was saying right those were the little parts that were like my favorite parts through this whole book Mm -hmm. um they were, yeah, there were a ton of really cute parts. Um, I, I have more, so we can talk about it now, or we can break it up, we can talk about some sadder stuff, and then we can come back to some happier stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds good, because I have a couple of, like, I don't know, sadder, but deeper, but also sad, because it's Matthias, and yeah. Matthias dies, so therefore anything about him is sad in my oh, book. Yeah. Um... Don't worry, this, this, my, my copy of it was also, he also died in this copy, just in case you were wondering. Damn it. Do you think there's another so, copy out there? <laughs> with a different storyline? Oh, I guess that'd be a different book in general. So, like I said, when we were discussing our favorite characters, like yeah. I really connected with Matthias and I really loved... How you got to see into his changing mindset and mm-hmm. his, like, this was such a transformational book yeah, for his character. And so there were two instances specifically that I wanted to touch on that really, like, touched me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being when Pekka Rollins' men find them on Black Veil, and he and Kue and Jesper have to escape. Yeah. And, you know, his military training kicks in, mm-hmm. and he leads them to safety by utilizing their Grisha abilities and his mm-hmm. tactician's mind right. to, like, figure out how to keep them safe. And you can see, like, the vacillation in his mind of, and this happens multiple times in the book, of, like, I think I think specifically when it's around Nina, it goes between unnatural and beautiful. But when, in this instance, I don't think it was then to beautiful, but it was, you know, you can see where he is having these, like, in the moment, basically, like, light bulb moments, right? Where he's like, oh, oh, this is natural for them. They just have these extra abilities. It's really about the person who wields the power that makes them good or evil. Yeah. It's not the person having the power themselves. And I was like, yes. Yes, that's so right. That was, yeah, those are beautiful moments. Yeah, and specifically... At one part in their escape, something that really hit me was the fear of the unknown was what he was realizing it was all about, like, for his people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, And later, with the Council of the Tides, I don't remember why he was thinking this way like what had him thinking about this as they were in the middle of this auction yeah um and trying to you know get out alive but he is talking again about his process of trying to reorganize his thoughts and realizes that the hatred that he's been taught has become so instinctual Mm -hmm. like this hatred isn't actually instinctual to him, but it has become so because it's been so driven into him that it's now become almost an ingrained part of like his personality. Yeah. And because of that, it's not something that you can cure overnight. It may be something that he has to deal with the rest of his life. Turns out he didn't get the fucking chance to do that, (laughs) but that, it's going to take work and time. And that was such a good reminder to me. Yeah. Of like the work that I'm trying to do on myself to be yeah. like better to myself and to provide myself more room and more grace because it's not going to happen overnight. Right. And like the, the thought patterns and the negative self-talk and everything has become so ingrained that it's habitual, it's instinctual, and trying to override that is super hard, and it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time, and that's okay that it's going to do that, and that it's not, like, there's a reason that, 
Yeah. It's not all sunshine and roses over here. Absolutely. So, I, of course, don't like the Fjordans really at all. (laughs) I can see their potential for change, um, and I'm interested to see if... Because there were definitely some things that were left open-ended at the end of this book, so I'm Mm -hmm. interested to see... If we see more of some of these characters in the in the next duology, right? Um, and I think there's a very good chance that we'll see at least more of Nina, right? Because mm-hmm. um, why else would you have freaking killed Matthias if right. not to? Yeah, like I, what I unfortunately, I think there do. there has to be some sort of reason, and I just don't know that we know that reason yet, right? Yeah. Um, although I did have this, I don't know, it, this weird thought crossed my mind. So, uh, okay. Well, okay. I'll tell you the thought and it's a tangent. Sorry. So I did have this weird thought cross my mind because right at the end, um, before Matthias stumbles up to her and dies and it's awful and horrible, um, when they're saying goodbye, she's saying goodbye to Zoya and Genya and Stur- Sturmund. Um, I keep wanting to call him Stormhund. I keep mixing up the O and the U. Um, mm. So, mm-hmm. sorry. <clears throat> if that's what pops out, it's I'm still talking about the same person. <laughs> um, and she has the, she keeps having these moments where she's like, I feel like I've seen him before, and I feel like I've seen him before. And then she has a, or heard this voice before. And then she has this moment as he's, like, turning into the sun, and she's like, wow, he almost looks like, and then she's like, no, that'd be ridiculous for the king to be here. Um, and so I, I had some sort of, thought like very morbid thought like Matthias was killed off because there's something else that's gonna happen whether it's like Nina and Nikolai or if it's just like like I don't know they're just I got a weird inkling and then I was like no everything's over this is the end like i don't know but i had some sort of weird like spidey sense tingle so i'm interested Ooh, I'm to see very... if yeah. something happens um or okay. if it's just like a weird thing that i'm so sad that she is so heartbroken that i just hope that there's something for her in the future and of mm-hmm. course it doesn't have to be romantic like but maybe she'll, they'll be really good friends like i don't even like right like i don't even know that there's mm-hmm. something romantic there but like i don't know so I had this weird thought about that. But, Interesting. <clears throat> so there's not much that I like about the Fjordans. Uh-huh. And that was extra cemented when I found out what they do to the wolves when a Druskel mm. dies. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry. You train these things from birth. And then when their Druskel dies... You take them out into the wild where they can't survive and you fucking leave them there. I was like, I'm sorry. Or not even survive, sorry. That they can't rejoin wild packs. So that also led me to believe that maybe they couldn't survive either. But I was like, I'm sorry. Why don't you have a system set up where they get to go live out their days on a happy farm? Like... (laughs) With other ones who have lost their riders. Like, I was, like... <laughs> do they ride then? Well, did I say riders? 
Yeah, because I didn't think oh, they rode I meant, them. I didn't even mean riders. I don't know where that popped out of. I mean, I it came know. out of my mouth, but like, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know where. I because yeah, I didn't think they rode them either. Um, partners yeah. is what I meant. Like they're gotcha. Um, like I was so like I, I had already been mad at them for burning Grisha at the you know in pyres and and. Uh, um, experimenting on them and using them to build up their palace and then, you know, hunting them in public. And, like, I was already so mad at them for all of those things. But you better believe it was, <laughs> embarrassingly, it was <laughs> nothing compared to the red-hot anger I felt <laughs> when I learned what they were doing to these animals. <laughs> Duh! It's the animals that always bring out the strongest <sighs> emotions. I know! I was like, I was so so mad and then like that beautiful story that we hear of of Matthias and his wolf and yeah how he gave him a chance and nobody else would and I loved the fact that like he let him bite him they had their moment he walked up he was like this one's mine and then fainted (laughs) like I know (laughs) you're so cute um I find it interesting that you really don't like them. No. Interesting is not the right word. Everything that you said, you just built up your case of why you don't like them. Yeah. At the same time, though, I recall in our previous episode when you mentioned that there were multiple things about the feared and people that you liked and connected to in terms of, like, their culture and their, like, spiritual beliefs and stuff like that. It it was their sayings more than anything. Like, Mm -hmm. and, 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 like, but the thing is, is... I think even in the last episode, what was interesting to me is that I liked their sayings and I liked sort of the idea behind, right, like you bury them in the earth so that they can become part of the earth and like, Mm -hmm. I liked the idea of like their burial process being called taking root and like that I thought was fascinating. But with the ways that the people were using that belief and using that religion to justify... Mm -hmm. Right. So it was like in theory and in a world where they weren't using those beliefs to weaponize and <laughs> and to um, or sorry, to as a weapon and as justification to murder and enslave. <laughs> um, I think I would like that people who believe that a lot more. <laughs> but Yeah, I liked how Matthias started thinking about his deity in a different way mm-hmm. yes and like the purpose of a lot of the things that he was taught and yeah. like it wasn't just him changing his belief system because he still believed in the spirituality taught by his people mm-hmm. but he just was starting to shift his perspective in what was taught to him like what is actually yeah like part of the religion that he's supposedly following, right? Yeah, absolutely. I um I did realize that Matthias does have one horrific flaw. He has multiple flaws. No, this one's the worst, Alex. Oh, okay. He doesn't like ice cream. <laughs> Not he, everyone can be perfect. I know. When he said that, I had a very similar reaction to 
I loved that Nina was like, I don't know if we can talk anymore. Like, right. I had a very similar, I was like, what? (laughs) You don't care for ice cream? I know. Um, okay. Just more for me then. Also true. Um, but I just love how there's so many things I love about him, but I just love how dense he is. Like the whole part where she, she being Nina, is trying to explain the princess and the barbarian, and he's just not understanding it. And she's like, and he takes her to his cave, and he's like, why would he live in a cave? That doesn't make any sense. And then she's like, and then they get to know each other, and he's like, like talking, and she's like, intimately, and he was like, what do you like? I just, I just loved how, and then he was finally like, oh. Oh. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. He was so cute. He was so stinking cute. And, um, or like the part where she's like trying to get him to stop looking like he was glaring at people when they were in Little Ravka. And he was like, I thought I was doing really well. And she's like, You're not doing well. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, stop <laughs> glaring something like you're going to scare cats. Or he's like, but animals love me. She's like, fine. Make, like, yeah, look at them like they're toddlers and you don't want them to piss themselves. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, um, so adorable. Yeah, I just... I just... don't understand... And, like, mm-hmm. as excited as I am to read the next books, this whole book, I was, like, so this, I was, I have, and I still do think that we're going to see at least a good chunk of these characters in in the next one. Um, and certainly I could be wrong, of course. But so much of that was Nina and Matthias going back to Ravka in my head. And... That's not gonna happen. <laughs> and so, like, I'm while I'm super excited to read those books because I'm sure they're gonna be great and blah blah blah. I'm also just like, I don't want to. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm still in the stage of I don't think I can read them. I don't want to read them. Do we have to? You're gonna have to convince me and force me to because okay. I. I don't want to. I know. I, I don't want to do it. I don't. <laughs> The, the biggest thing for me is that I'm hoping that we find out the reason for why. Right? Because, like, his last th- thoughts to her, to Nina, right, are, like, teach them. Like, help them the way you helped me. And so... But I, I think she's going to struggle so much more to do that without him. I know, because, like, how on Because earth... they were such a great complement to each other. Yeah, and, like, how on earth is she going to be, like, what is she going to do? Like, walk in there and be like, oh, I helped this guy learn to not be an asshole. Okay, where's the guy? Oh, he's dead. Also, he's, like, the greatest traitor now in Fjordan history, so right. why would we take this as also, a good example? Also, can I tell you? Exactly. Also, just as a quick side note, um... That little white-haired boy, yeah, I want him dead. (laughs) I'm turning into a horrible person when it comes to at least fictional characters, and I don't care 
what has to happen. I'm like, how do I send this fictional character my savings? I'm like, You're yes. totally fine with revenge. You don't care about <laughs> forgiveness or, no, you know, anything like that. Not, nope. where he's, not where he's concerned. She can work on all the other Fjordans. That one, I want him dead. <laughs> I, I'm like, Kaz... Of course, nobody knows how Matthias got shot, so that nobody knows. <gasps> nobody knows about the little boy. Oh, no. Now I'm really worried that, like, somehow Nina is going to find him, and she's going to try to save him, and then, like, what if they, like, I don't know. Oh, no. And, like... A very interesting thought. There. What if she? What if she does somehow save him, and she doesn't know that he's the one that killed? Oh my god! Oh my god! And then it's just gonna destroy her. Okay, Alex. Guess what? We don't have to read the next. Book. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I win. <laughs> oh no. Um. While you were having some interesting thoughts about the next books, oh. I was actually thinking. Now my stomach of- hurts. <laughs> I was thinking about real-world implications, actually, and how thinking about that little boy killing him when you're like, okay, now he needs to be dead. How do you treat people who have been brainwashed with ideology who commit heainous crimes? Yeah. Like, I don't it's, know the answer to that, but it's such no, an interesting and, philosophical question sure. to ponder. And, of course, if it was a real-world situation, I I would definitely not be like, I want him dead. I want his head on a platter. And <laughs> like, I, I feel like I can say that about fictional characters, because they're not real. Um, but I just, that's, that is, it's a fascinating thing to... To think about because of course it's 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 and it's such a fine line too right because it's like of course sure he probably chose to join the Druskel but like he chose to join the Druskel because the society has deemed them these holy warriors basically like so why wouldn't you want to join it so like did he even really make an informed decision no you know, like, <clears throat> yeah, but then any time during any of this, he could have chosen not to kill right, people. Exactly. But at the same time, he believes that he is righteously killing these unnatural beings. Yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah, I it's more such, than such anything, a. I don't I'm know. so mad at him for taking that justice into his own hand. Right? Like, right? Because he's like, you're a traitor. You're a traitor. Like, you have to pay for what you've done. And then instead of, like, in theory, probably many of the other Druskel would have also probably shot him on sight. But, like, in my head, I'm like, well, what you should have done is taken him back to Fyrda as a criminal and given Nina a chance to fucking save him. (laughs) (laughs) 
then he like, could have been rescued and it would all have been fine. <laughs> I'm like, they've been to the ice palace before. They know how that works. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm just too, I'm just too angry and heartbroken and I don't want to. I just, I Should we get him. back to some cute yes. moments again then? Is that a good a good segue into... Yes. So, well, that? kind of. Because I think a lot of these... I should have done this a little bit backwards. I should have done my cute... Um, I should have done my cute... Um, Matthias and Nina stuff maybe the, in the first part of this. Um, oh, <laughs> you're going to bring the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Mike, this one is when um, they're, they've, they've gotten to little Ravka. She has sort of explained things to Zoya. And... Oh my god, and they kiss for the first time. And they're kissing, so but they're talking about, like, proper Fjordan girls. And, like, that whole interchange was just so adorable. And, like... <laughs> um, and I just loved it so much. And then, like... And he's, and then he's just talking about how, if it was proper, he would have taken her, and their first kiss would have been under the stars, or like. I know, like he's such a romantic at heart, even though he, if he doesn't know how to be romantic, like all the time. And like he would have asked permission, you know, and like, I just, yeah, that was just awful um okay wait okay no stay on track and then i have a question okay (laughs) please remember Um, your question though are you going to be able to do that okay i will um yeah literally after i'm just gonna be sad again for a second because it's just it has to happen um after matthias's last chapter I literally have no more notes. Like, I did the exact same... Well, first of all, I closed the book for hours. Like, I didn't touch it. And then, um... When I finally picked it up again, I just did the exact same thing. I was just like, I just need to finish... I guess I just have to finish this book. Like, (laughs) we're gonna be talking about this. I guess I just have to finish it. So I didn't take any notes after that. Um... I thought I had something else that was really funny and cute. And maybe I talked about them all already, so... Yeah, I did a very similar thing. I didn't close the book, um, but I just, like, in a day sped through the rest of it as quickly as possible of just, like, okay, find out the pertinent information to know what happened to the rest of them. Like, I don't care about anything. I don't care about life. What is the world? It's terrible. <laughs> Everything is terrible. I don't care about life. Ooh. Um, maybe we need to talk about that a little bit, Alex. <laughs> Um, I, I went to a dark place for a little bit, okay? That's okay. You know what? It is just fine. Um, I mean, not that dark of a place. That was exaggerated. <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that was all of my cute things. Oh, well. Okay, so my question is, did Genya fix Kaz's leg? Because it's, like, hinted at a little bit that, right? Because, like, Inej talks about how she was surprised that Kaz let her fix some things. And it's, like, and then she fixed more than that. And then he even has a part where he is, like, maybe I let her go a little bit farther. And then, like, 
Um, I think even Inej is like, did she fix his leg? And then I'm like, did she fix his, like, did she? <laughs> I don't know. I, but yeah. that's a really, I'm glad you brought that up because I think I missed that part. So the my answer to you is I have no idea. Okay. But I thought part of tailoring was that it wasn't permanent. I think some right? things aren't permanent. Because I was really confused because we knew that Wyland could be changed to so much, so drastically, so permanently Mm -hmm. because uh, Nina was on the param. But then when Genya completely transformed him back to his original self, Mm -hmm. I thought a lot of what she was doing was similar to what she did when she served the queen, which she had to go back and continually I wondered if that was a part of like the cells that she had like I think maybe like she's been doing more experimenting and like has a little bit more information now right because we know it's Mm. been a couple years oh and Um, maybe the fact that like it they are actually like heart renders too so So she's it's, also like it's more than just the looks, but like the healing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh-huh. that, interesting. My only thought was like, now that she's not using it for just little cosmetic things, she's uh-huh. really learned how to. And then, like for with Wyland, like yes, she was tailoring him, but mostly she was removing tailoring. Right, like she was. You know, like it was. Um, mm-hmm. So that was my thought about it being. Okay. Um, but I think there's a chance that she fixed Kaz's leg. Um, Very interesting. Because she fixes him up after um, his sort of epic takedown of Per Haskell. Um, and, like, fixes him up a little bit. Like, she fixes his broken nose. She leaves some of his bruising because um, he asks her to. But there's a part where Inej was like, maybe she even offered to fix his leg and maybe he let her or something. And I was like, did he let her? Because <laughs> then it's never like explicitly said afterwards. Uh-huh. But, th- but they also like stopped mentioning him limping. And so I was like, maybe they did. Like, Maybe that's something we will find out in the next books that, also we're, not, true. that we're not reading anymore. <laughs> But we, st- we do have to read it, because, first do of all... Do we really? I miss Nikolai. I think oh, that'll, wanna. I think that'll, I think that'll be a good ball, a little bit of a balm, at least. I don't wanna. <laughs> I don't wanna either. Stop I'm trying sorry. to bribe me like I'm a child. Alex, if you read the book, I'll get you ice cream. <laughs> I could, I could pull mm. a Kaz. If you don't read this, I'll crawl out of your bed and I'll. <laughs> I'm I'm the monster under your bed, Alex. Ma ha ha ha. I wouldn't be a very good villain, I don't think. <laughs> I can um, agree with that. And then, yeah, the only thing, yeah, I think that's kind of all that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, there I could probably, probably be more. I just feel so scattered after reading that book. <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. so it's interesting. So after I read this, um, and I was doing a little bit of, um, 
um, like, reading, because I wanted to know, like, other people's reactions to Matthias dying, um, because I thought that that was going to make me feel better, um, and it didn't, really. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, um, of course, like, not only am I sad that Matthias died because I liked Matthias so much, but, of course, it's just, like, what he means and meant to Nina, who is one of my favorites, and, like, just, uh, I don't know, it just... All of it was just awful. So I was doing a lot of books. I was doing a lot of books. Oh my god. I was doing a lot of reading about the end of this book. And I came across this quote from an article. And um, it's cookbookery.wordpress.com. And the article is called A Bittersweet End to the Duology, Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bardugo. And the quote is, if this was another book, if this was another crew... A perfect happy ending would suffice, but there are no happy endings in the barrel. And I (laughs) started crying all over again when I read that. And I was like, that is a, that is sort of one explanation for why. I hope that there's maybe a bigger reason for why he had to die. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then, of course, like he died and I was like, who else would I have been okay with die? Like, who else would I have rather have had die? And then my first Honestly, thought... Honestly, I... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just interrupted That's okay. You. I was just going to say, my first thought was Kaz. Yep. Like, I would have been sad. But then, of course, the, reper- the thing is, the repercussions of Kaz dying versus Matthias dying... Like, it's heartbreaking and so sad, and Nina's going to have such a hard time. But if Kaz had died after just wreaking havoc in the barrel and, like, coming out on top, like, that could have been... That's my only reason why Kaz couldn't die. (laughs) Is that... I thought you were going to say that, like, if he had died and they hadn't gotten out... Because he was the one who put everything together and knew all of the mm. details of the plan. It could have meant more people dying or being injured of their crew. Mm, no. Apparently not. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was the only one that I would have been okay with. I mean, I, I still would have been sad. But I would have been much more okay with saying goodbye to him than <sighs> Matthias. Mm -hmm. I'm so sad also take this for what you will part of why I'm so sad (laughs) this is so embarrassing to admit maybe I should never mind I I started I have to tell you part of why (laughs) I'm so sad that he died for so many reasons but I'm a little bit sad that they didn't get to have sex before he died (laughs) Like, which is a little bit ridiculous, but, like... Ellen, this is a YA book. I know, but it could have been, it could have been, like... They didn't have to describe it. Just, like, a a sentence of, like, they woke up after a night together, wink, wink. Like, you know, like, they don't have to describe it, but, like, I just... There was so much emphasis put on the fact that he's never had sex with anybody, like... Because the Druskel are celibate mm-hmm. until they get married. And, like, there was so much emphasis on their flirting and so much emphasis on their first kiss. And, like, 
all of this stuff that I, one of my more immediate reactions was, they never even got to have sex with each other. (laughs) Honestly, I didn't even think about it until you just mentioned it. Doesn't that make it so much worse? (laughs) Say what you will about me, I guess, but that for me that, that was just an extra tear of sadness. Like, I don't know why. adorable. I don't know why, but it just, it was. It was just extra sad for me that that happened. Because, like, she built up all this angst, and she did not release the angst the way I was hoping she was going to. You got all that YA angst. (laughs) With, With probably the worst payoff that we could have gotten. Oh, so, hmm. yeah, it's a little embarrassing to admit that, but whatever. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So, this is where we are at the end of this book. We're a little scattered. We're a little frazzled. We're a little emotional. Mm-hmm. We're a little unsure of how to proceed. I mean, mm-hmm. we're probably, we're going to read the next ones, but it's going to be a struggle, I think, for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, anything else you want to, anything else you want to talk about? This, I feel like no. this is a really depressing episode. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> sorry, everyone. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll be back and happier I was going to say in our next episode, but no, our next episode is going to be the series wrap for this little series, and we just have to talk about this all over again. <laughs> Do we have to? Oh, that doesn't sound so oh, nice. Whose dumb idea was the series wrap? My, my dumb idea. No, it yours. <laughs> um, well, we hope you'll still join us. We'll try to be a little less doom and gloomy, although we'll probably still be a little gloomy, but we'll both be maybe a little bit more detached from it, so maybe it'll be better um you can find us on social media we're on twitter at upm pod official on instagram at uniquely portable magic podcast and you can email us your feelings about this book (laughs) at uniquely portable magic podcast at gmail.com we will see you all next week bye